Groove Café. And as always, I look forward to the Groove Cafe because I get to chat with different people to find out what it is they've been through, how it has affected a lot of the things that they're doing in life moving forward. And of course, just hearing about, you know, the different things people experience. Join me on the show today. I have Rita Auma, the lawyer and mental health advocate, also the author of Dear Me. She is the founder of Heart to Heart Spaces, a mental health community that that provides safe spaces for people on their journey to healing. Rita, welcome to the Group Cafe. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be hosted by you. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing? I am fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I know that your book is based on what you yourself have been through. Mm, yes, it is. Okay. When, when did you start writing your book? Um, I started writing it in 2019 Mm -hmm. and got done in the same year. Okay. What was the reason for for writing Dear Me? Um, One, it was an assignment, a school assignment to write a book. Mm. Uh, But then... Um, we were supposed to choose anything we wanted to write about and I chose to write about my life story because I wanted to echo on the issues surrounding mental health and mental illness because Mm -hmm. I had been sick for a long time but I hadn't gotten help because Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was a problem there were not enough people talking about it Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, there were zero people talking about <laughs> it. So yeah. I I decided to be um, the one who started the conversation. So that's why I wrote Dear Me. Okay. You said this was a school assignment. Yes. Where was this? Um, so I did a leadership course with Harvest Institute. Mm-hmm. And one of the requirements in order for you to graduate is to write a book. Right. Okay. Wow. So you said that you had struggled with mental health issues for many, many years, but you yes. you didn't know that you had issues. Yes. So what what were you going through? When did it when did you first really realize that you had a problem? I think I realized I had a problem when I noticed I was more inclined to death as a solution to most of um, the things I was going through. And the first time I almost succumbed to suicide, I, I was like, why is this the solution? But then I also faced many things like memory gaps, mm-hmm. um, and my friends would say, but you lie a lot. So it turns out I wasn't lying. My mm. brain would restructure the truth in a different way in oh. order to sort me out in case I was having an uncomfortable situation or it would totally wipe out that memory. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh. Um, so I would put my hand and say, no, guys, this is what happened. And my friends would be like, no that's not the version of the things that happened. So I had a lot of these things going on in my life, but I didn't know what it was. Um, I remember thinking, ah, I I guess I'm just weird. Yeah, but 
when I finally got diagnosed and I was sitting across um, my therapist and then she's like, these are the symptoms of these diseases. I remember breaking down and crying because mm. it finally made sense. Like no, for the past eight years. Yeah. I, I can imagine how hard it is to hear someone telling you you're lying and to you you're you're telling your truth. Yeah. How old were you when you started having these issues? Like when you Um mm-hmm. I was 14. Okay. Yes. All right. So was it 14 all the way until 22 before you actually got diagnosed? Uh it was 14 when I started having the issues. Mm-hmm. But then I remember um, them escalating mm. and I finally got diagnosed when I was 26 uh-huh. yeah so there were years in between I was like ah oh, okay this is just something and then there were the eight years where they got intense mm. and then after the eight years was when I was diagnosed okay did your family ever try to get you help? Were you able to talk to anyone around you to explain what you're going through? Uh, yes. So this is what happened before I got diagnosed. I reached out to a cousin who I knew had undergone the same issues because at this point I was at the verge. I knew and I knew this time if I tried um suicide i would be very successful because i had tried like three times before so i had done Hmm. thorough research of what to use what not to use what worked in the past what did not work so before i went ahead to do that step i reached out to a cousin so i got to talk to her Hmm. and she looks at me and she's like I hadn't even told her about the suicidal ideations, but she looks at me and says, you cannot leave this yet. And then she asks me, are you willing to go to hospital? Mm. So at that point, I was like, you know what, let me just give it one more try. If it doesn't work, it won't. But in my head, I thought she was talking about cool hospitals, let's say like Nakasero, mm. uh, Kampala Hospital. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not think for a second she was talking about Butarika. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's how the next day my elder brother and other cousin came and took me to hospital. They took so, you to Butabika. Mm-hmm. Yes, they took me to Butabika and I realized I was going to Butabika after we had passed all the routes now in Lugogo and I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to the <laughs> Mad People Institute. <laughs> and sadly, so that's start- the impression people have. But Yes, mm. and I start crying because I'm like, is my case so bad? Other hospitals can't handle it. Do I have to go to the one that handles extreme cases? Mm. Yeah, and I'm crying and I'm also being strong because my cousin had warned me if the case is so bad, they would retain you. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I was uh, trying to act out and cry silently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but by the time I reached, I was like, you know what? Okay, this is what it is. And yeah. Okay. And you got the help that you needed. Yes, I did get the help I needed. Um, so I pleaded to be an outpatient because mm. um, they give you 
certain tools you're supposed to feel. Um, I filled in the tools and for the first time in my life, I wasn't happy to excel because mm. I scored highly on depression, anxiety, mm. PTSD and OCD. So the the therapist looks at me and she's like, you know, we admit people for just one, but you have a combination of four and they're all high. So I played Whoa. with her. I'm like, I will take my medicine. I will come for all my appointments. Uh, just please let me go. Don't let me stay here. So we agreed. Hmm. But unfortunately, after two months um, on the medication and going through the appointments, I was like, I can't live my life like this. So I had uh, another incident with suicide. I almost went through this and I was then admitted to be an inpatient. Okay, okay. You mentioned that, you know, there were a couple of symptoms. One of the ones was memory loss. What mm. other, like, what other signs and symptoms would you say that were so strong for you? Um, I had very bad anxiety attacks. I was afraid of going outside. I was afraid of seeing men. Um, uh, I was weak, so I have a conversion disorder where my brain turns that emotional pain into physical pain so oh I my could, gosh yeah i could have fever i could have headache i would have all the signs of malaria or typhoid but there was nothing mm, so your emotions would manifest into this yeah. physical yes my emotions would manifest into physical pain um i would have suicidal ideations mm. i was crying uh, I had extreme weight loss. I was 70 kilograms mm. before. By the time I went in, I was 55. Oh no. And that was a space in like four, in a space of three weeks. So I lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. Um, I had issues talking to people. I would de-associate a lot. I would be in a room, but not really be in a room. I would be 10 miles away in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had a number of symptoms that I was fighting with. I had no appetite. I could not eat. So mm -hmm. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. Uh, being awake was punishment enough because of the conversion disorder and mm -hmm. the anxiety. It was like being trapped. Uh, yeah, it's basically hell on earth yes yeah a lot of people have you know like you said that perception of butabika that it's a mad uh, people's hospital um one of my best experiences i think was it 2019 was i came for a dance class that we mm. had with the patients mm. and it was yeah one of the best experiences because you just realize you know everyone out there is struggling with something different yeah how, how are you doing now um, I'm better. Um, mm -hmm. I have learned how to manage it. I have relapses. I've actually been undergoing one recently. Mm -hmm. But you you learn to fight for yourself. You learn to stay because at the end of the day, that's the one option you keep working at. This. The waves come and go at different points in time. They mm -hmm. can be triggered by something small, something big. And yeah, you just learn how to manage it. And you also, I've also stayed loyal to my treatment plans. I take mm -hmm. my medication even mm -hmm. when I don't want to. Okay. 
um i go for my appointments with my doctor and yeah um i'm currently hiding out from my therapist but <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> uh-huh. I'm trying. You're trying to stay life. to stick to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to stick to it. <laughs> now I know after talking to other people who've been at Butabika for a while, I think one of the biggest challenges when you leave is somehow you don't have that same support system around you, which is why sometimes people end up going back or they struggle. Was that something you also experienced? So um I I did not experience that because while I was in first of all Buta because like a blessing I got to get this support system mm-hmm. around people who really knew and understood what I was going through and these are people going through the different phases and stuff in life and that able to do the kindest thing mm-hmm. lend you a listening ear and just be there for you so for me it was a blessing in mm-hmm. this case but then um when you're there you now start to get scared of the stigma so i noticed that we had safe spaces that it was a space where I would have real deep conversations and I decided uh, when I left I would do something about it so that's how Heart to Heart Spaces was born aha okay that's yes. when you decided okay when when did you when did you start Heart to Heart Spaces I started Heart to Heart Spaces a month after I had left mm-hmm. uh Botavica um yeah so I started it with a friend it was previously called Nature Spaces mm-hmm. but after yeah um I renamed it uh, to Heart to Heart Spaces yeah mm-hmm. so the basically self spaces where people who are going through different sorts of things in life come together and speak and yeah you you're around people who get it it's mm, not there's no judgment are, yes mm-hmm. yeah there's no judgment there's no stigma there are no condescending statements of ah the people have had it worse just get over it or <laughs> you just want attention these are people who actually really get it so you get different kinds of very good advice and it also helps with people who can't afford therapy and stuff like that because mm-hmm. the prices of therapy in Uganda are high that is the thing it's very challenging yeah so okay. that's how heart to heart spaces was formed so how can someone access heart to heart spaces how can they reach out for help before we would before covid we had physical self spaces mm. where we used to meet with advertise on social media and they'll reach out on my twitter dm or my inboxes and then would have a physical meet up and they would access her to her spaces but try right now we're undergoing a transition of making it digital mm-hmm. yeah so that the spaces are online online yes yes and that will happen by um end of march okay. yes but right now uh people do 
DMs and direct uh, communication in my inbox or mm-hmm. they call because I've made my number accessible and uh, I sign them up for the safe spaces but then the people who need urgent help that's beyond me mm-hmm. so in those cases um, I have a list of different therapists because I've been in the system now for a while mm-hmm. and I'm able to know all oh, these therapists will help you and stuff like that and if they can't afford the therapy sessions um, I pay for them and yeah mm. so that's, Ooh, that's, you pay for them do you have any help with that do you have anyone funding you or contributing I mean how can uh, we help uh, not yet um, I basically use my salary to pay <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to hold um, a charity concert to mm-hmm. call out for people to help and attend and contribute because sometimes the, the people who need the help are so many and like the funds are very limited yeah, you can't help everyone yeah Okay, so when you wrote the book, Dear Me, was it easier, has it become easier for you now to talk about your experience after you've written it down and, you know, shared it in your book? Yeah, it, it has most definitely become easier to talk about it. And yeah, okay. it has. I should say it has. That's great. So for people who are struggling with mental health issues right now, I mean, it took a while for you to finally understand what was going on with you. I imagine that must have been so hard. So, so, so hard. Um, what What is some advice that you can give? I mean, sometimes they say just, you know, reading up on what you're feeling, what you're experiencing can help. Um, are there any materials that maybe you can recommend? Um I, I I love to research naturally. Mm-hmm. So um, after I got diagnosed, I just went on a binge. I was watching a lot of TED Talks around <laughs> mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I went to Google and I was reading up different articles because unfortunately in Uganda, there is not that much material mm-hmm. uh, about mental illness Mm -hmm. um it's still a myth uh there is a lot of stigma around it people say most people say it's just demons or stuff like that Mm -hmm. so to get real authentic material unfortunately is um you have to go on the internet Mm -hmm. so i i did talks i read articles um i looked out for books that um talk about mental illness I had different conversations with people who I know undergo the same thing Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so I would I would tell them uh, to to do the same but also to do the, to do it in a guided kind of way because after I did all this I was overwhelmed and then I went into the relapse where I almost had the next mm-hmm. suicidal okay yes incident yes so if they can do it with guidance from their therapist because therapists provide this information in such a way that you're able to take it in the doses you're able to take it uh where you are you are at on your healing journey mm-hmm. yeah so i would encourage them to do that um i i have a youtube channel that talks about mental illness mm-hmm. and what's the name uh, of your channel 
it's called heart to heart with three okay mm-hmm. yes and i do a lot of instagram and twitter posts about the same and i'm seeing a lot of advocates now come out and be vocal about their journey so mm-hmm. I, I i i really think um there is a good thing happening yeah, around. more and more people are speaking up and sharing their experiences yeah and are getting help as a result yes. because that's the most important thing to get the help that you need yes um also that butabika hospital is a wonderful hospital that has helped so many people so it <laughs> people is need to remember it's, that it's yeah, a beautiful peaceful place huh it's so peaceful and 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 it's the most affordable hospital so if people want subsidized therapy mm-hmm. subsidized appointments with the doctors um uh the the cost is around 30 to 30000 as opposed if you go to private hospitals where um the cost is double the price yes yeah, so it's or, 70 i think upwards mm-hmm. yeah it's 70 upwards so mm-hmm. i would highly highly recommend people to go there it's okay. a very beautiful place yes it is it really is so rita tell me how can we get a copy of your book dear me so um it, i've i've put it in a restock book okay. shop mm-hmm. it's also at book point bukolovi uh some people order directly through me on Twitter and in my inbox because they want autographed copies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, basically I've made it avail- available at different book shops. Okay. And you've mentioned people get in touch with you on your social media. Please share your social media platforms. Twitter? Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am awumari. Okay. awuma_ri. Okay. And on Facebook um Rita Vigilanti Rita Vigilanti okay yeah mm-hmm. and then on Instagram um Awumari okay. okay yeah. and what about heart to heart um heart to heart has heart to heart community on Instagram mm-hmm. and it's the same on Twitter on Twitter as well heart to heart yes. community yes Well, Rita, thank you so much for joining me on the Group Cafe. You're welcome. Being, thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure. Thank you for being open and honest and sharing about your journey and how you're helping so many other people. Thank you. All right. Take care. Hello. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.